everybody, and welcome back to Writing the Rapids, the show where I, Joe Balaki, talk to writers about writing, and very often those writers have been recommended to me by other writers, or you get a rejoinder episode where those writers have previously been on the show, which is what this is. B.R. Yeager joins me today, and he is joined by Nick Verdi, because they co-wrote the movie Caucasoid together, so we talk about the movie Caucasoid making films collaborative writing, and so much more. B.R. Yeager reps Massachusetts. His books include Amygdala Tropolis from Schism Press, Negative Space from Apocalypse Party, and Pearl Death from Inside the Castle. Nick Verdi is a writer and director out of Massachusetts as well. His films, of course, are Caucasoid, Angel of the Night, Gemini 555, and more. You can find him on Twitter and Vimeo. There's links. All of those things in the show notes. Here's the part where I ask you for money. If you would like to monetarily support the show, you can do so at paypal.com me slash noisemaker joe for a one-time donation or you can become a patreon person over at patreon.com slash noisemaker joe i got three payment levels the details of which are all written out pretty clearly at patreon.com slash noisemaker joe that's enough of me e-begging let's get into the conversation with br yeager and nick verdi Lately, just kind of the way that everything's been working out with a lot of people who have been on writing the rapids before, there's a lot of um, collaborative works coming out that I have my sights set on. Um, And so just kind of in general, I'm interested in what the collaborative writing process was like for you guys. Who should start with this one, Vet? Um, I, I mean, I'll just throw it out there that it was the, uh, it, it primarily, it was like a lot of just zoom, mm. <laughs> just a lot of, uh, talking, like having like long, like two hour long, two to th- sometimes three hour long discussions on zoom. Um, and then kept going away and like doing a whole bunch of writing, um, putting it on Google docs and editing each other's stuff. I guess that's kind of the short of it. Right. Uh, yeah, Nick, go ahead. Do you, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, well, it was um, it was interesting how it like started too, because we had started shooting it without talking about Ben working on it mm. at all. We had just, I had mentioned the idea initially when we're, I was like, we're going to maybe try to start shooting this thing that would be a feature really fast, you know? And then... January what was it January 18th or something I remember it was the first day we shot everything with Sebastian the Sebastian character was all in one mm. day the first day and I did a, the rough edit of it which is basically how it is now and then sent that to Ben and you like responded immediately and we talked about it a little bit and I was talking about this like we should I want to stuff this with the voiceover blah blah and then realized I'm just like dude do you want to write the voiceover you know and you're just like I'm so happy you asked man and then I felt like I feel like in a matter of days you had just like written so much like so many possibilities and like and then what was it was cool we had started shooting because you wrote, wrote a lot of stuff specifically for the stuff we shot to go over you know um that whole sequence where you were just looking at you had my face to use to you know be like all right what could be going on in his head and write all these other and just a billion other things so th- that was and then so that was great and got the ball rolling and then it was a lot of yeah like ben said like the google like keeping going back and forth zoom discussions google docs and then by the end it was the i love at the end it was like so easy where it was like i'd say like you know man i feel like we should i want something where he's driving around where it's like he's feeling sad blah blah blah, talking about you know 
different things that he could could be going on in the character and at what kind of voiceover maybe could you write anything like that and he'd respond 24 hours later with like the voiceover that's in the movie (laughs) (laughs) like it was so quick and easy by the time we got going that i'm like it sucks that we're done you know Mm. (laughs) well it it was cool like I, i think going back to some of those initial um uh, passages that I had written when you had just done the Sebastian thing um, ended up being like pretty far from where the the character's voice ended up landing. And I, I feel like, like with anything, like halfway through, you kind of figure out like what you're doing and like what, um, who this guy is essentially. Um, and like figuring that out, like largely came out of those late night discussions and like a lot of stuff that, maybe like touched upon in the movie a little bit like where we were kind of putting together almost like a grand mythology and kind of a um almost ideology and like pulling from all sorts of different things like um like pinocchio and which which was like nick was bringing into and i i um you know I, i brought into some of the uh yakub the uh scientist from nation of islam like lore um who like the scientists who created the white race um and so we we kind of like we're each kind of bringing like really strange stuff to have mix in and figure out and how like we can like iron out like this into a person and that, that was a lot of fun it was, it was so much fun i it's interesting that uh the the voiceover was was what you were brought in to to do initially because as soon as i heard the voiceover i was like aha that's the part he did that's awesome which, which, <laughs> which is where um i guess I, I was starting to to wonder um until i could really focus on just the movie instead of trying to like think of interview questions while watching the movie but um this idea of like okay where where does ben start and where does Nick start? And like, at what point do they kind of mesh into each other as um, like a coherent voice within the script sort of thing? No, it's interesting because it's like, it's it's like, you know, it, it, was, it definitely got messy in terms of Ben's influence because we've talked, you know, we only didn't, the only thing we didn't really talk much about was, you know, the Sebastian stuff, which we, we had, I had shot only after I, we sort of talked about it and I mentioned the idea, but then you're us talking about the character in the story you know it was for the voiceover but it was it completely you know got in my mind i was acting in it you know what i mean and directing it so your influence for sure is there in ways that i still am not exactly sure where one starts and where ends at this point and a lot of times we had similar we immediately click on you know realize we're on the same wavelength and honing in on similar things and you know oh god so i don't know it's it's one of those things i i love watching it again like in you know when you watch something you've seen it your own thing a million times and i'm still like oh my god this is so like ben like something i think was me as ben or other way around or i don't know um but yeah no a lot of that definitely stems from the fact that like it's almost like uh the acting was such a weird scenario for me because I was the director and the writer and had all these conversations in my head and didn't really consciously bring, it was a lot of like, I had to kind of bring up the whole well of stuff that was unconsciously there and just be in the moment and not 
plan to do some bullshit, you know what I mean, with my face or something for each take and not plan to be like, all right, so this is going to be like, you know, the thing we talked about. I'm going to do that now. It was more like I had to kind of find the thread and then, you know what I mean? So it was a weird, it, it was a weird performance. It didn't feel so much like a performance, like I was kind of still directing a little bit in that way. But yeah, so a lot of it is, I feel like Ben's stuff in, was directing too, you know? Mm. No, that's that's interesting. Like, um, I mean, this is like very unique for me because just because like normally and like, you know, Joe, that it's like, uh, it's like such a solitary activity, like writing anything. Um, I can, as often like in a really good and fun way, it's a very like selfish process because it's just you, it's just like your, your vision. Um, and this, what I really enjoyed about this was that like, I saw it really as, okay, how, I was like trying to remove as much kind of ego from it as possible and like it be about like how do I serve like Nick's vision because this was your vision this is this isn't like a like a concept or an idea that I would have come up like come to on my own like it's like very like um personal and like unique um you know like vision that you have like in idea and concept um and it was, it was just, it was very cool to be able to be involved and have like work towards it feeling like I was kind of like a hired gun on that um, in terms of just like trying to like, how do I like do this and push it to be like the best representation of your, how can I contribute it to it being the best representation of your vision as possible? Yeah, I, I got that. Um while watching it i think one of the things i talked about um with mike klein when he was on to talk about his um i have it right here his his piece his little chat book pamphlet thing that came out from surfaces Mm -hmm. um in in the episode i talked about how his writing has like a specific emotion so when i read mike's work i feel the mike emotion um and i think i mentioned your work how like amygdala tropolis negative space like make me feel the same sort of emotion so that's an interesting um thing to hear nick talk about how like the acting sort of like came through that and i Mm. think i think that lends credence to my idea that writers write in a specific emotion no definitely that makes sense that makes a lot of sense um it looks like you have something uh nick (laughs) oh yeah no i totally i agree for sure i know there's the um it was like once Ben was a part of it and his words were a part of it, that emotion was an consistent influence. You know what I mean? And it, but I wasn't consciously thinking about that, but it was simply, he was, he was there now, you know, mm-hmm. it was that kind of thing. And his words were there now. And yeah, no, uh, oh God. And no, it's something, there's something there to, it's like, I don't know. It's yeah. I'm going to start rambling about mm-hmm. something. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm also curious how the concept of the movie sprouted in your mind uh, the idea of a white guy who's a serial killer specifically of white men specifically because they're white men is so perfect and good that i don't know how anyone could have not thought about it but simultaneously how anyone could have thought about it in the first place that's so great i love hearing you say that man thank you no i was it was like um well ben and i had this other project that we were talking about all during lockdown during the summer that we're very excited for where i don't know how much to say but it's it's about us as as some rappers from western massachusetts that's 
about all I'll disclose at the moment, but it's uh, once the winter, we kind of realized, you know, we didn't want to shoot it during the winter. We knew it wasn't going to happen anytime soon. And I was going to lose my mind during the winter if I wasn't doing something. And I, you know, I, I had all this pent up energy. So I got the feelings like early December about just in the winter, you know, try to shoot something, a feature like film in the winter, you know, just as the, an immediate, you know, challenge, try and do it, pour, pour, pour yourself into it. And then, you know, what would that be? You know, something, shoot something really cheap. That's a feature. It would be long stretches of scenes, kind of messy, kind of not perfect, you know, like a low budget horror movie, which, you know, and I felt like it, I had never since it had been a long time since I tried to do directly like a fucking genre movie, you know, mm -hmm. like I'd been like kind of a douchebag for a while, a little too artsy fartsy trying to be like, well, I can't just do that. I have to subvert the, you know, and all that, which is great, but it's, it has, you know, it derailed me in a big way where, Finally, it's like when you say, I'm going to make a fucking piece of shit genre movie. You know what I mean? An offensive, abrasive exploitation movie, you know? And, mm. and all right, what else can I do? You know, COVID safety, can't really have actors. We can't film inside, you know? Uh, I, if I'm just act, mostly me acting in it, then it would be easier if it just had to be me inside with the cinematographer, all these things. So a lot of it was like kind of just down to the that protocol. Um, and then you know inspired by something like angst you definitely if that's i don't know that's an obvious influence just in terms of like long stretches of like guy alone doing nasty shit to people you know but i always had this issue that i don't have enough women in the movies that are always very male centric and i was like i can't get a bunch of women in this to fucking kill women you know mm -hmm. like for especially with that as a concern for me so then i was just like what if he just kills guys and then I'm like, what if he just kills white guys? Like, there's a fucking, like, you know. And so then go, brought on to this other whole topic where it's like, um, you know, the worst kind of, like, white male guilt where it's not about anything except someone's own guilt, whatever it is for, but somehow trying to attach it to a grander narrative that is not about them, but it's about mm -hmm. something they believe, you know. And that was this whole guy's downfall. Of course, I don't want to say too much about what's going on in the guy, or but I think that was the interest, the intriguing um aspect of like this kind of character where it was like more based on less a serial killer than a school shooter type of someone who says i want to kill everybody mm -hmm. you know like i want to kill everyone in the world or something where the farcicalness of the reality that they're living in you know so that's the whole that kind of that's the whole kind of thing there i remember like one thing that we were talking about uh that i always thought was really interesting was the just the notion of that um of that the fact that it is by sort of necessity set during uh, the COVID year um, about that, like he would have been a mass shooter if it had been practical mm -hmm. to do so, but it's just because like, he just wasn't able to do that because no one was out, no one was about. So he had to kind of like go back to sort of return to tradition, if you will. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, exactly. I, I don't know if now is the right time or anything, but I do. I just want to plant a bug in both your ears that I do want to talk about the Pinocchio stuff a little bit, or at least I want to hear you talk about the Pinocchio stuff because that stuff is like fascinating to me. Okay. Still, I think we should go into that right now. Okay. Well, no, this is great. Yeah, because it's about the writing too. It was like it was like um, talk. We talked a lot about the idea of it being like a fairy tale, you know, um, and that's just something that I feel like I. And I'm always obsessed with 
and maybe like in a bad way kind of try to inject in everything whether it should be there or not but it did feel it was something that was like kind of brewing out of this and the whole i always loved pinocchio and the weirdness of that the cautionary tale you know and um and i've always liked the idea of like you know the images from pinocchio are such haunting strange dark images of like a foolish kid going out in the world and getting fucked over hardcore over and over and over again, you know, when it comes down to it and he, you know, dies in the middle of the story and is brought back to life and, um, and sort of has this sick twist by the end of it where it's just like, you know, if he's, if he acted like a real boy, you know, if he was real, if he was a real person, he, uh, you know, blah, 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 maybe wouldn't be doing all these things. But the idea of a real person is, um, like a piece of propaganda like of a perfect person of a, a real boy that doesn't do bad things when that's the opposite of a real boy all they do is bad things you mm-hmm. know and it's almost like so i don't know there's something about that where it's like maybe inherent in the story itself was this weird like you know fably like try to get the kids to be good thing you know and it's like bad things will happen to you if you're bad you know and almost like perhaps um i liked the idea of just first of all just the visuals from that story being implanted into this story where it's like, you know, lost in the woods, afraid in the woods, running around, something chasing you. Um, but in a particular Pinocchio way, I don't know why it's, this it comes back to just weirdly the association that you have with the thing. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know why this thing of a kid of a character running around in the woods was so particular to me, you know, but then, so I was dumping all this to Ben and um, he, re- it's just so, so great to have, you know, I'm like, he totally did the right thing with it. You know, it was, you, 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 he was very good about, um, not just like somehow how taking the content of what was happening in the Pinocchio story and bringing it, seeing what, what was happening there and having that happen here, you know, that's what I felt. Um, in a lot of ways, Ben, you talk about it. <laughs> oh, no. I, I mean, like, again, that, that was like, that's something that's just another thing that we're, you know, it's just not something I would have ever thought about, like, until you brought it to me, which was, like, really cool and really exciting. And, like, um, there were just a lot of those moments of, like, there's that one particular scene in the middle, like, I don't know, like, we don't probably shouldn't talk spoilers or whatever, who cares? But when you, like, when things get, like, kind of really crazy for that, like, five-minute stretch in the middle out in the woods... Um, it's always like really exciting because like that's the thing that always keeps me excited in working on any long-term project is like um when things like start going too smoothly or if it feels like I have too much of a handle on things like that's when I really that signals to me that I need to fuck it up in some way that I need to like break it in a way so that it becomes interesting again um like it just it's just complicated in some way um and like adding like incorporating the fairy tale aspect and like the Pinocchio aspect. And like, it it was just, it was just like another layer to like add to it and like pull from and like, and complicate it and try to like make it like a little bit more. I mean, that's where we kind of got to the whole notion of that. It's this person like who's constantly talking to himself. He's constantly telling himself these different stories to try to, to avoid like dealing with trauma, to avoid dealing with all these like other issues that he might be dealing with. Um, but that that make the world make sense for him and make his place in the world make sense for him. Um, I think that that's when it really became clear when you like brought to me, it's like, you know, like 
how when you i think you were just like like how how much do you know about pinocchio <laughs> what the fuck are you talking i don't know I, you know i know the cartoon i don't know fucking i know the fucking roberto benini movie i don't know fucking anything else about pinocchio um but like it's obviously uh you know public domain so i dug into some pinocchio that and i was like okay let, let's 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 see what we can fuck with here no it's just it was really all, all of the mo those moments were just so exciting and i think just contributed so much to what it ended up becoming hmm. i like that um that tendency that some writers have to to like pick at a thing from their childhood um and like specifically how it made you feel um especially like if it's warped by the understanding you had as a kid um and then stretched by time um to then run with that totally 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 me and ben talk about this all the time this whole idea i think or um yeah there's those moments where it's like is this even an idea or is this just me being like my childhood you know what i mean like that's my darkest moments i'm just like is this even an idea or am i just like being nostalgic you know and then you realize it comes down to it's like um you know, it's not, it is, yeah, it's the, it's the, the feeling, whatever, it's the content of the thing, you know, it wasn't like, and however it hit you, like, I remember thinking about, um, I saw The Shining really young, I think I was mm. probably seven, oh dear, or eight, I saw a lot, I saw Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer when I was eight as well, the same year, it was really rough, I, that's the first time I can remember being depressed from those movies, but especially <laughs> with The Shining, it was something where I did not really, you know, you parents fighting is something that you do not intellectually really grapple, mm -hmm. but you emotionally completely know something's wrong. It's really bad. You probably are more emotionally keyed into the situation than either the parents are, you know, mm -hmm. they're too stupid adult to be in touch with themselves in that way. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. So it's like, I do feel like I'm always going back to, I think it's why I like, like I said, artsy fartsy, but you know, more art house movies. Cause they put me in a place of like, I don't know where the fuck I am. Like, I can't make intellectual sense of this, but emotionally I'm feeding off it like crazy, you know? And um, yeah, that's I, it's sort of in line with that, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that's that's kind of how that long stretch in the middle felt for me, was that like, um, I, artsy fartsy. I like films that kind of like feel like bases i have to move through or in environments to move through okay yeah. i see the nods that's good totally. okay you got uh, it <laughs> um and like that's the period where like you know you kind of like stop perceiving time and you're just like within the film um and then to have that punctuated by um quite impressive gore effects and and um and uh suicidal depressive black metal screams at the end uh very very much uh, I, I think you hit at what you were getting at there. Oh, thank you so much for saying that, man. Thank you, thank you. It gives me it gives me life to hear. It's cool. Like right now, is have this like period of time when we're just now starting to get back, get um, feedback back from like people who aren't our like immediately friends and family, people who are going to lie to us, right. <laughs> or who have like stakes lying to us. Um, so it's really, it's awesome to hear. It's like, okay, cause you know, you look at your, you know, like you look at your own thing for long enough and it looks like nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I, I just to go back to what you were saying, Nick, a little bit and like the, what the conversation was, um, like I think like one thing that we were talking about near the end was um, there's kind of about how we were trying to sort of make on the topic of nostalgia, it wasn't necessarily a matter of like trying to do something nostalgic, but trying to make our imaginations function in the way that they did when we were say like 11 or something like that. Like when, um, when movies did feel more menacing or, um, more real than they necessarily were. Um, and yeah, I, I think that that like that ties in with like the fairy tale, like that ties in that's, that's just kind of like a really like have kind of binding, um, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally. That one hundred percent. I agree. I agree with that too. What's the Picasso quote? Is something like that where he says, uh, "I it took me a lifetime to paint with the freedom of a child." Right. Mm-hmm. It's like I feel like I'm best when uh, I'm. I have no idea. You know, not that you have no idea what you're doing, but it's like you can't make a. Oh God, I don't know. You're always having to defend it. Usually, probably people are like, "What the hell is going on?" You know, that's usually a good sign, right? If it's keeping right. people on their toes somehow, right? Yeah, mystical creation rather than like rational creation, right? Like, right. right. Um, yeah. I've I've been doing a lot of uh, study into like different types of religions and, and things like that, and there's that idea of like, um, like Thomas Aquinas who like makes proofs for for how god exists based on the Mm -hmm. bible and then there's meister eckhart who's like i don't know man like once you feel it you'll just go to church because it feels good and and uh you know filmmaking is like that i i used to do um i used to say that there's like movies that are made for art and movies that are made for entertainment and it's a false dichotomy i think a lot of the time but there's that idea where it's like the people who are like crafting an emotion and then people who are trying to like craft a specific type of story right Mm -hmm. like transformers versus um uh what's that guy pj gorman that new movie that everybody's like that's that sort of thing (laughs) well it's interesting i do kind of think and you may disagree nick that like i I do feel that we're kind of we lean kind of towards at least in our processes like i i feel like i might be to sometimes to a detriment like a little bit more of a like rationalizer or trying to like find like the like or at least like more like formal whereas like you're very, very like set in terms of like what is the emotion here, and like how do we get the, the, the like this like emotionally, and like I found it very useful with you like keeping like keeping me in check a little bit whenever I tried like rationalizing things too much or like trying to sort of make <sighs> try to like expose things or like try to make it like make some sort of like sense because that's kind of like that's like apart from the vision like it's not it it making sense isn't part of the vision for this right no i do agree yeah i definitely think i mean a lot of times i always think of it it's it's funny or it's like i always feel like i feel the way i think creatively is really stupid you know what i mean or like Mm -hmm. stoner e or just like dude isn't this you know what i mean it always feels like um when I when I try to defend it to to a more intellectual point of view, I feel like an 
idiot. Like I don't think about it or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know. I know what you, where I think a lot of my need, I think I, I can easily, like I, I do make a lot of, or I'm creative all the time, but I think it's because it is an unconscious thing that I can't, like I'd start losing my mind if I don't, I'm not like dumping things out all the time. And it's not even like it's dumping it out, but it's more like I, I don't, um, nothing goes through a processor or anything. You know what I mean? It's more like I have the immediate need that I'm trying to get at. And it's more like we could talk about it, you know what I mean? But I'm more, it's not going to, I'm going to have to just try and get it and just do it. And I, that helps with the acting too, where a lot of it, um, you'll get tripped up if you're thinking about the rationalization, not rationalization, but more if you pick it apart in too much of a conscious way, you, it'll end up with you standing there aware of how your eyebrow is right now or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, instead of just going in like an idiot and existing like a dog, you know right. what I mean? It's like, I have to enter into that kind of mode. Um, but yeah, yeah no, in a creative way, I think like I, but I also really believe in, you know, you have to pick apart your characters and your whatever in every possible angle. But I think when you do that successfully, it leaves you, with the realization that you can't pigeonhole them in any way. You know what I mean? That none of these satisfy it, yet you understand it totally, but you could not put them in a box. Something like that, right? Right. I, I think that kind of, um, I don't know, that sort of like a, speaks, I guess, to the, to the director versus the writer, like in terms of what their jobs are, right? Like the, the, traditionally the writer like oversees the entirety of the universe of the story whereas the director is trying to get people to be alive in each specific moment which is why i think writer directors tend to have more like emotionally satisfying movies right like lynch or reffin or somebody like that like even if the movies don't necessarily make a whole lot of sense or if the pacing's weird or if it's kind of clunky some somewhere like you can always pick out like moment for moment the beautifulness of of what they're doing you've got it seriously I, I was just thinking about the difference between like making a perfect trying to make a perfect movie and trying to like the difference between seeking out a perfect movie and seeking out a film that is somewhat psyched like that, right it's like an honest, an honest someone honestly giving themselves and saying for better or for worse like this is what it is and i didn't change it for the benefit of a story right something like that right I mean, if it's bad, you can always just make another movie, right? Exactly. Like, that's, no, exactly. Exactly. There, there yeah. is that too. So there's that carefreeness to it, I guess. Just look forward to the next one, man. Just it'll be another one, and it'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that was something that I thought was interesting about the process too. Was just that it was like very with this and the short film and the impression I get from a lot of the work you do is that it's like very exploratory that it's um, that it's like you're creating to find out as opposed to having all of the, you know, everything like plotted out and like figuring things out, which I, I think is all like a key, which I think is like a key part of the process. It's like, I think like there is like lots of people who, or maybe like more traditionalist or like formalist who would say that that would be like sloppy or something like that. But it's like, I, I think that's like key to getting a certain, it, it's, it's, it's part of the process. It's like a, like you couldn't, you couldn't make this movie by like 
writing a full like script beforehand and like or like you know having specific like lines like right you know you you the way that you were doing it was by like you have like sort of where it needs to go and the emotion for it and then you go out there and see what happens you can fucking strip naked and see what happens totally no and the, and the scary thing about that i think the reason a lot of people won't do that is because sometimes you don't find anything yeah you know? when you're exploring you might fail really bad you know but i honestly it's that uh um that's part of the thrill to me too right that's part of the risk where it's like you got to dangle vulnerable and see you know it's more a matter of you know some maybe sometimes there is there shouldn't be anything there you know mm-hmm. i don't know sometimes there's nothing you know something like that i think that's much more of a natural way to navigate the whole thing right i must i don't know if you feel that way with um if there's a correlation for writing in that way that's exploring as opposed to more formal point of view or something right yeah, no, I, I mean, like, I like, I don't, I don't work from, I've never worked from an outline, or like, or I'm always, or, or it's more that I, the outline is always expanding and being rewritten, and like, it's only ever functioning for what I need in the moment, or like whatever stability I need in the moment. But um, you know, it's all like. It wouldn't. It wouldn't keep me interested if I like knew if I had it plotted out. If I like knew um, where exactly where I was going or like what I was going to find out. Like you know, it's. I feel like the process is for me at least has to be about like figuring something out. Like I can't like I can't like write something to like make a statement about something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like it's boring. I can't like I can't get into the process. It's a, it's such a lengthy and like time intensive process that like you know like you can't do that if like you're going to be bored for any amount of the time. Um so it's, it's always 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 been about like trying to find something out like for myself. Um and then hopefully that relates to someone else, but I think that that's like an area where we definitely like link. Mm, totally, it's about the intensity of that need, and hopefully, you know, whether it's even good or bad at the end, the intensity of the need is recognized by others that have the same intensity. Mm-hmm.